Hey guys, hope you are well and enjoying your weekend. I'm so grateful to be joined by Amisha today and we were going to be talking about nutrition, diet and disease. So it's a topic that there's a lot of people that have actually asked questions already and I realized, and you know, I'm so grateful that Amisha actually reached out and wanting to do a live um, with me, especially with all the other lives that I've done. Um, especially this, I think, is going to connect with a lot of people, but um, it, it's, a, it's a vast subject. So we're going to try and keep it to like 40 minutes to an hour. Um, and then, of course, if you've got any questions and you connected later on, please, please do um, be, you know, just yeah, write the questions, email us or even tag, I've tagged Amisha into this post. So please, please do continue asking questions and I will upload this on YouTube as well later on. So um, please do share this because I think it's going to be very powerful in terms of, especially when you listen to some of the um, uh, case studies that we, me and Amisha were talking about when we were trying to um, structure this live. Um, I'm actually very shocked on what we're going to be talking about. So it's definitely going to connect with a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you, Amisha, for um, you know joining me on this live. So just as a start off, what we're going to do is um, I just want you to just introduce yourself, just so yep. what you do um, and why um, this topic is you know close to your heart. Yeah, is sure. Okay? Hi, everyone. So um, I'm Amisha, and obviously I'm here. Um, so talking about what I do, so I'm a naturopathic nutritionist and wellness coach. And I think within the nutrition space, there's a lot of kind of questions around what type of nutrition or what kind of things nutritionists do and what's a dietitian, what's a nutritionist and what is naturopathic nutrition. And I feel like naturopathic nutrition is a type of medicine that uses um, natural remedies to kind of heal uh, the body. Mm -hmm. And it looks at healing the whole person. But what's so special about this kind of whole branch of medicine is that it is evidence based kind of science. Um, and it looks at Western-based evidence uh, nutrition, but also um, looks at um, Ayurvedic and traditional Chinese medicine as well. So it en encompasses like a whole range of stuff when actually going into looking at nutrition. Right. Okay. Um, and it looks at the whole person. So again, we look at things like you know the mind, not just the physical body, but also the mind and the spirit and uh, people's emotional uh, health as well. When we actually look at you know whether you know when we look at someone's overall health profile okay and um just in terms of because i know we were talking about i mean um you're you've been on the vegan diet for how long for six years wow for six okay. years so okay. yeah i personally you know obviously we can talk about that a little bit more but um you know i champion a whole foods plant-based diet and that is almost my personal mission is to you know educate as many people as I can because I've seen amazing results firsthand not only through myself but you know other clients that I've had um, a lot of the research that's now um, emerging a lot of the sort of doctors especially in the US that are promoting this diet to really really uh, support health and I think you know my own journey back sort of six years ago mainly started through watching this documentary about where our food comes from okay. and I actually became vegan at the time more because of ethical reasons um, around, you know, um, obviously animal cruelty, things like that. But at the time, I thought to myself, okay, I'm gonna stop eating, you know, uh, dairy and eggs and all this kind of stuff. What things can I have? And it led me to read over sort of 50 books because I was so passionate about, okay, what kind of things can I have? And it that, at that time, it took me on the study of naturopathic medicine because I saw a huge changes in my own personal life right. um, through, you know, eating a different way. I stopped tired you know there's so many other benefits and in my head I thought okay there must be something more to it um diet must have an impact to you know how I'm feeling my general health and that's what led me to actually full-time pursue the study of, of naturopathic nutrition and medicine um and yeah I know that's kind of my journey of through veganism at the moment so just before we touch on the other bits I just there's something that's um that sort of came up in my mind was um when you turned vegan uh how did you have the support of a family um because i think being indian or especially in the asian culture 
uh, I think people don't understand. I mean, I know there's a lot more on veganism now. Yeah. You're talking about six years ago, right? Yeah. Where a lot of people hadn't even heard of what vegan was. Yeah. And have you had that support from family in terms of when you actually change or did they ask questions of why you're doing this and <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't do this and milk is good for you? And... Oh, we can talk about that after. <laughs> we can talk about all of that after. But um, I think, yeah, six years ago, it was very different to what the vegan market is now in terms of what you can get. But I think at the time, you know, my family, so many people were actually a little bit against it and calling it very extreme. Um, because obviously I would stop eating, you know, certain things like, you know, butter and milk and, you know, and everything that, you know, the diet that my parents grew up on, uh, mm -hmm. which obviously involved a lot of dairy and things like that, um, was obviously something very, you know, go, just cutting that all out. I think for them, it was a bit too much for them to comprehend at the time. And they didn't really understand why I was doing it um, until I think, you know, I started formally actually studying um, nutritional science and, you know, that whole that whole thing right. where, you know, they've become a little more accepting of it. And now actually both of my parents have gone vegan, um, which, is another, okay. which is another thing we could chat about. But okay. um, I think it's through at the beginning it was harder. But now I think people are a bit more open to it. OK. Uh, so what other sort of areas did you want to cover? Because yeah, like, this is your life. And yeah, it's, sure. Um, something that you know we want people to connect with so i'm just gonna before we go on just hi uh nadia andrew hello mate uh chirag charmy hi dipti andy krishna Jodhalal, Salih. Okay. it's nice for you to join thank you very much as i said it is sunday morning and uh, thank you for taking <laughs> time out to actually join both me and amisha on this live uh just so if you joined in late it's just a conversation on uh we're gonna conversate on nutrition diet and disease and especially with Amisha's background, I think this is something where she's so passionate about and it's nice to share uh, her knowledge and, and um, her journey of why she's doing what she's doing. Um, mm. Because it's something that's realised, especially with, um, with all these three things, if you have control over it, there's you know any illness i'm not saying can be cured but it's some well we're going to go on that but there's so many things that you can do to actually reverse some of the symptoms and mm. um you know so yeah thank you so much for guys and please please do ask questions uh, yeah. if you have any questions on you know anything on nutrition diet disease or if there's something you want to know if we don't know the answer then you know we'll definitely have a look and i'm sure amisha will um check with one of the consultants and we'll always get back to you so please please do ask any questions guys so yeah, yeah so I think going back to so I think obviously where we talked about the idea of science and nutrition now so I think it's you know for me um a lot of research has gone into um something called the blue zones and I don't know if you're aware of what they are or if anyone no. um watching is aware but it was a huge research project done by you know a load of scientists to find a look at different areas of the world and find populations who are living the el living the longest without any disease okay. and there's five places in the world so there's Sardinia in Italy Okinawa in Japan uh, Loma Linda in California Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica and um, Icaria which is like an island of Greece so this is where they found you know commonalities almost between these regions and people ask the question okay they live here and you know what's their secret essentially to you know a lot of the diseases we see here like alzheimer's cancer things like that don't really exist in those areas and right. so they conducted a lot of research as to what are they doing over there and you know they found four kind of commonalities which was one routine movement through the day so there they were moving their body because as humans we need to be moving but obviously the issue is you know the lifestyle that we kind of lead at the moment is very sedentary we're kind of not moving around as much so in these areas everyone is doing some form of activity right um you know strong relationships so again there's a big sense of community there so people aren't isolated because as you know humans we like connection we like social connection with other people so they had a strong sense of community there um, the third thing was a strong sense of purpose. So again, it was the idea of waking up with a sense of, okay, what is that I'm going to do? Why am I on this planet? You know, thinking about things very kind of spiritually almost, and there was a spiritual element to their health. And the fourth was that they were all predominantly on a plant-based diet. So that was, you know, and obviously we can talk about all of these things, but given that we have, we're here for an hour, yeah. I just wanted to mainly <laughs> focus on, 
you know, the plant-based diet aspect, because there they were saying a month, I think, you know, they were eating, you know, a small amount of meat probably once a month, something, something very minimal. Okay. So the commonalities were a plant-based diet for sort of longevity. Um, and, you know, for me, I think the other thing to stress about the field of nutrition that, you know, the stuff that I've learned is that I think it's very easy for a lot of people to accept, okay, in my family, cancer runs in the family, diabetes runs in the family, all these sort of chronic things yeah. that you're going to get it because it's in your genes. And I'm here just to say that's actually not true at all um, because there's a whole emerging study of something called epigenetics that looks at, you know, um, that looks at, it's now found that it's a lot of lifestyle factors that contribute to whether you get something and whether these genes are turned on. So it's um, almost like, you know, stuff like stress and what you eat, how you sleep, all of those things can actually determine the course of, you know, whether you get something or not, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Yes. Okay. So I sort of came across all of this stuff. And I think for me, back when I started studying, I used to ask the question a lot of, okay, how comes, you know, where we live now in the West, we have things like osteoporosis, we have Alzheimer's, we have, you know, cancer, uh, which has now become such a huge thing. Whereas you go to like a tribe in Africa, or you go to like a little island somewhere, you know, in India, wherever, they don't have osteoporosis. That whole disease does not exist in some of these places. So for me, it was back then asking all of these kind of questions as to why, you know, do we have a lot of this kind of stuff here? Whereas elsewhere, what are they doing differently that we are missing? Right. And, you know, I have looked at a lot of the research and I've looked at so many different things. And I feel like, you know, I definitely champion, you know, a plant-based diet to be able to heal and even reverse a lot of the, the chronic diseases that we that we have here today in the West. So. Have you, uh, so you say about the reversal and have you actually, um, have you, tested it or tried not tried it with someone but do you yeah. know i mean have has that been a case in terms of have you seen positive um reversals or yeah so actually we can talk about i mean a case study here but i think for example i think going back to again what naturopathic nutrition is i think the other aspect which is so important is to get to the root cause so, of, okay. of why something is the way it is which maybe i should have mentioned earlier on and yeah yeah i think you should if you can elaborate on that so Okay, for example, um, how would you find the root cause? So the very the difference between obviously very Western based medicine and obviously, you know, complementary or alternative medicine is the idea of, you know, at least finding what the root is. So, for example, if you go to, you know, your GP and they do a blood test on you and they say, okay, you have high blood sugar you know, take a diabetes pill or whatever it is, and then that's it. Whereas here, on this side of the fence, we like to explore, okay, what is causing the diabetes? What is it that's actually going on deeper in the body that is actually driving the disease? So it's not a matter of, okay, you have this and accept it and here's a pill. It's actually, okay, how can we holistically take a view, looking at not only, you know, what food you eat, which is obviously important, your lifestyle, different systems of the body. So we analyze, you know, gut health, hormones, stress, lifestyle, so many, you know, different things kind of come into play. Okay. And then you can kind of identify, it's almost like unpicking layers of things, and then you can really go in deeper and identify, okay, what's imbalanced and what is it that's driving this to happen? Because, you know, the same way as if you cut your hand, within sort of five days it heals itself, or you break a bone, six weeks, you know, it heals itself because our body is amazing and it's got the intelligence to be able to, you know, know, okay, how do I, you know, help you heal? Yeah. And it's the idea of, okay, our body's got everything it needs, but we need to create the right environment for us to be able to support health. Right, okay. Basically. In terms of testing, in, t in terms of um, finding out the imbalance, well, how, what are the tests that are involved? I mean, is it just you... Uh, sort of just talking to specific tests like blood tests or whatever in order for you to find what markers yeah. are out of place yeah so within naturopathic nutrition it looks at the functional medicine model which is a system of medicine that acts on function basically so here we're looking at if you do go and get a blood test you know even if say you have a vitamin d reading right. that's like you know one marker in the range um 
you know, the doctor might say to you, okay, like that's fine, you're in the range, your D is fine, but here actually within functional medicine, we need to look at what's the optimum that your body needs to right. not only sustain health, but to thrive. So going back to the different types of tests, I think it's very much person specific. So again, going back to a very personalized form of medicine. So each disease, each person. So again, we're not looking at the disease here. We're looking at treating the whole person right? Okay. holistically. So each disease is very specific. Um, and I think each person, some people may not require testing because some of the testing that we have access to, so you can have a full range stool sample testing. You can even test for certain types of cancer markers, even now before even getting cancer. There are also oh. some inflammatory things that you can test for. But I think there's a company over in Canada, okay. which uh, which actually does that for us. But again, that's obviously you have to pay a bit more because all these tests aren't cheap. Um, so you can test for things like that, full range allergy testing. So a lot of stuff that's not available on the NHS. Right. We would have access to obviously at a bit more of a cost. But, you know, in my experience, I've seen, you know, the first time I'll, I'll see a client, you know, we try and address a lot of it with food because food is so powerful and actually being able to really change outcomes uh, of, you know, and actually manage symptoms in some cases. Yeah. And usually it's a case of, okay, if this hasn't worked, okay, perhaps we should go in and look at a few more, you know, functional tests and kind of use that as a bit of a stage two uh, approach. And in terms of uh, just something that you brought up, in terms of cost, is yeah. it very, very expensive to actually go through these tests or, or actually if someone came to see you mm. um, and in terms of you doing the consulta consultation, yeah. um, is it very expensive to do something like this? Or is there a reason why a lot of people don't do this? I think the bigger issue, I think, so first of all, it can potentially be expensive depending on the test, but then I feel like sometimes the testing may not even be necessary. So again, it's very much done on a case by case basis, okay. because I think in some cases we might not need to actually run a, a whole test on somebody. Um, but I think the reason why a lot of this stuff is not accessible, and I think it's because of the way the system is at the moment. And, you know, I think when I first started, um, this whole idea of one pill for every ill, you know, which is this idea of, you know, when you go to a doctor, most of the time they'll give you medication um, for something. And of course, you know, I love, I think doctors out here are doing an amazing job. And I feel like, you know, that's all well and good giving people pills for things but i think for really serious acute stuff you know modern day medicine works and it's fantastic but i think it's looking at this chronic stuff mm -hmm. um that i think we kind of need to think a little bit more about okay you know do we need to take medication for everything perhaps there's a lot of other things you know again not just nutritionally but lifestyle that can obviously we can do right um to really to really um help ourselves almost a little bit more um, when it comes to comes to disease, so again, going back to the testing, not always necessary, necessary, uh, necessary. Um, but um, it definitely, you know, it is. It can be really helpful, I think, for some conditions where you know people um, have had chronic chronic illness for a really long time, um, or perhaps you know food may may just be food and supplements may just be a short term thing, but maybe you know perhaps going a little bit deeper to actually see what the what the problem is. Right. Okay. It's, uh, it, I mean, look, on a personal level, um, as I was saying to Misha actually, is um, I definitely, I've been wanting to go vegan for some time, especially after I had a vegan festival about two, three years ago, and uh, the food was amazing. But it's 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 hard in terms of, because as I said to Misha, the, the only thing I can't actually give up, I can give up eating meat just like that, but only thing I can't give up is I just can't give up dairy. I mean, it's not even dairy, it's just cheese. It's just cheese, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you find that a lot, that a lot of people uh, might not actually, are finding it very hard? Because you were saying, it's, I think someone else was saying as well, that who's actually vegan, that it, cheese is like a drug. It is, yeah, because I think, first of all, you know, we can talk about dairy in a little while if you want, but yeah, yeah. I think talking about cheese in itself, um, I think the thing that you have to to look at that it's got something compounds in it, but the way it's manufactured, so you've got obviously the fat, the salt, you've got lots of things that go into the manufacturing of it, and there's a lot of almost something called opioids, which act the same way as heroin does on the brain. So the same receptors that we have in the brain that obviously pick up kind of like addiction or addictive drugs, okay. it's almost it's got some of the same kind of compounds as in that as to why perhaps you may feel like it's um yeah 
a bit addictive, okay. I suppose, in that sense. But there are so many other sort of dairy-free alternatives out there for cheese. I know, I tried vegan cheese and... Yeah, I it's, not, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> I did not, not like it at all. <laughs> but, uh, so, Andrea, I agree <laughs> with the lifestyle factors. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Yeah. And, yeah, thanks for actually commenting. Hi, Kathy, Gauri, Saban, Halabe, Sagar, Anil, Ami, Shelly... It's nice for you to join us, guys. I know. Thank you yeah. very much. Hi, Jamal. Manoj, hello, mate. Uh, so please, as I said, if you have any questions, you know, please, we're here for another 20 minutes or so. So please, please do ask away. And if you think uh, that this is going to benefit other people that you know in the family, friends, uh, circle, then, you know, please do share this live and hopefully they can join in at the same time. And if not, then you can always share this live once it's uploaded on Facebook and my YouTube channel. And yeah, if people you think that can connect with this live, then please, please do, do share. And um, yeah, so. So yeah, so talking next, back yeah. about sort of, again, so I know a lot of people ask the question about dairy. Yeah. And, you know, um, from a health point of view. So I think if we kind of think back to what dairy is, it's kind of literally white stuff that comes out from a mother cow, really. And, you white know, <laughs> it is. It's yeah, no, white stuff because of a mother like cow. That. So I'm going to get a bit real. But yeah, it's white stuff that comes out of a mother cow. And the whole point of dairy is to turn, you know, it's almost like to, to basically, it's like growth fluid almost because the whole point of what milk is, it's a substance to give to a baby calf to make it to grow really, really big. So in terms of, purpose um you know that's kind of what it does and the problem when we as humans you know start consuming consuming dairy um is it's just more a fact of okay why are we drinking another species milk because we don't do the same with cats we don't do the same with lots of other giraffes like you know we somehow picked cow as as being you know through through some sort of social conditioning back years ago but also a lot of advertising from dairy companies um that have advertised and i personally feel like missold um public uh, the public a lot and that's personally why i've made you know this kind of thing my mission and again i'm so grateful to be able to share this because um you know i feel like you know the dairy industry have almost sold us the wrong thing um back years and years ago when they kind of say okay we need calcium and then you only get it from milk you get all this stuff and i think now dairy um has been linked to a lot of scary stuff so the small stuff like acne allergies things like that but it's also been linked to certain cancers oh, and okay. the thing about that is that you know again we talked about dairy being um dairy being a thing that helps something grow and if you look at for example something like cancer you know that's looking at loads of cells that divide divide and are constantly growing and obviously putting dairy you know, consuming something like dairy can also make something like that worse um if we're picking on one element of of it um and the other issues with dairy are also the fact that there's antibiotics in it there's estrogens in it that are obviously hormones that come from a mother cow that are obviously supposed to be you know that also come into our milk supply so right. you're not only consuming something like just dairy you're consuming all this other stuff with it that isn't actually very helpful for us and now studies have even shown that you know this side of the world we have a lot of dairy um and our osteoporosis rates are crazily high compared to other places in the world that literally don't have osteoporosis at all and consume very low or if no dairy like you go to places in africa like very very rare that anyone has a broken bone or a broken hip through osteoporosis and the reason for that is because you know dairy is a very acid forming uh acid forming substance so although yes you're getting something like calcium in it um you're also your body basically your blood needs to work at a very narrow range so your ph of your blood needs to be you know maybe slightly alkaline but the problem is when we're consuming stuff that's very acidic your blood obviously it, it starts to kind of get uh, acidity and calcium carbonate is a mineral that's found in like all of our bones and 
unfortunately that minerals leach from our own bones to neutralize our blood when we start consuming things like dairy right okay and that's why you know over time our bones can start feeling weak and brittle and um you know it's not just dairy but also you know soft you know uh acidic drinks things like soft drinks sodas things like that can have the same effect because they're very acidy um, and you know that can obviously play a huge part in in bone health in the future. So, which is really weird because what we've been taught is you should drink milk because calcium, and you should drink milk because to keep your bones healthy. Yeah, I'm just here to say <laughs> like <laughs> that is exactly what we've been is, taught, and that, that is, is uh, it's sad. Which and is why I will a lot tell people everyone, milk, right? <laughs> and I will passionately tell everyone, please, like if there's one thing you know that really, really can help you, and you know I've seen eczema being reversed when someone stopped having dairy, and I've seen you know someone's allergies going away, like any inflammation because it's a very inflammatory thing. So although you know it's, I think over sixty-five percent of the whole world are lactose intolerant. Of the world's population and in south asian communities it can even be about 85 percent but then you're thinking okay i'm probably fine because i'm not i'm not having you know stomach pains or bloating but then you might be getting the fatigue you might be getting the joint pain you know you might be getting all these other things that are very inflammatory um that you know not aren't necessarily what do you think of lactose you think of things like bloat but you know it can manifest itself in quite a few different ways so Wow, that's actually very interesting because I would never ever thought that. Um, especially again, coming from a, an Asian background. Yeah. People do say that, you know, would be legend because you know, <laughs> yeah. keep your bones healthy. So just on the on the on the back of that, um, if people did stop drinking yeah. milk, let's say, yeah. what other sources are there? that you know so calcium so calcium. i yeah so i would tell anybody to have you know your dark leafy greens like dark leafy green vegetables you know large kale rocket salads things like that are plenty enough if you have a green smoothie you're getting more than enough okay. um and what was interesting because i was vegetarian for a, a long time about 15 years and when I became vegan, obviously, it was a bit of a puzzler to me at the time because, again, I, I wasn't in the field of nutrition. And I was thinking, OK, what things can I have? And, you know, I was a vegetarian, but I was anemic. I was tired. I had my own personal, you know, I had my own share of health problems. You know, I was having joint pain and, you know, I was getting like dairy is also very mucusy, like mucus forming in the body. So if you have things like sinusitis, tonsillitis, those kind of things, dairy can obviously aggravate that a little bit more. And I noticed that, you know, I stopped having dairy and, you know, a lot of this thing. And then obviously I upped, you know, my vegetable intake as well. So I was eat, I eat a ton of vegetables, a lot of fruit, things like that. And um, I noticed significant changes in the amount of energy I had. Okay. Um, I, you know, no longer had a lot of the pains. I no longer had a lot of the stuff that was making me feel tired because, you know, um, I realized that I think dairy was creating some kind of, inflammation in my own system that it does in the majority pretty much everybody um and you know i'd urge anyone to kind of think about consuming it and i think you know going back to the estrogens and the female hormones that are present in dairy now we're seeing you know the way that all the cows i mean are it's almost like genetically modified yeah. cows uh, yeah, yeah. And the way that our food gets to us, and I can touch on, you know, the process of dairy, which, again, it's it's a bit cruel, but you know, I can talk about the ethics behind I, it. I, actually, I think you should, and I I think uh, if you just yeah. briefly um, talk about that, because I think, uh, not that I'm very passionate about, but I just know that the reason why people drink milk, and, mm. and especially going on the dairy side of it, yeah. and as you you've already touched on cheese, okay, because of the chemicals that they have in there, yeah. right? Um, in terms of addiction but I think um, yeah definitely touch on the, the milk side of things the dairy stuff because I think a lot of people drink milk mm -hmm. because they've been conditioned to right they've yeah. been told that if you don't drink milk you're not going to get calcium yes so yeah do do touch on the, or on the, the actual yeah. the, what happens in yeah. the dairy and what actually happens to cows so going back to again so a cow's purpose again to make milk for its calf and you know the fact that the amount of dairy as a nation as a world that we are all consuming is is, is tremendous and it's not as simple as imagining you know you see all these pictures of happy cows on chocolate bars and happy cows here but i can tell you that seeing a lot of the footage that i've seen um you know they're not happy cows because what happens to mothers is that they to produce milk they need to be pregnant and to be pregnant 
you know they obviously need like ball semen or something and what ne what happens is that farmers actually get this huge get their gloves on and they get this huge like stick thing and they put some ball semen on it and they put that right into a cow's rectum uh, and almost forcibly impregnate this cow who's just you know sitting there just you know for milk perfects yeah probably not actually just you know strapped to like you know this milk this um production facility and what happens then is that it becomes pregnant it starts making the milk and it after nine months or i don't even know i would say nine months yeah. but i don't know how long yeah. it it has the calf and that calf wants that milk but obviously if we are taking the milk for ourselves what happens to the calf so then the calf ends up being separated from the mother so again the bond between a cow and its baby is so strong and what we're doing as you know whenever we're consuming dairy is that we are breaking this bond because the calf can no longer consume the milk and if it's female calf unfortunately it becomes this milk pump again like its mother and it just goes back into the system and if it's a male calf usually it's raised for veal um, or it's killed because there's no use for it and you know i think a lot of people think okay because i don't eat meat i'm not contributing to cruelty but actually you know this is cruel in a way because then after the mother cow you know it's it's milk production goes down you know the farmers end up you know basically cows end up they don't have a purpose anymore so what do they do they get shot and made into hamburgers or they're very linked to the meat industry because there's no use for this cow so unfortunately it's all done by profits and things like that but it you know what I found about the for me it was more of an ethical choice at the time and I was like okay I need to find a way to to at least inform people of this and obviously the health implications as well but I think just thinking about what happens to cows um through the whole process obviously was enough at the time to make me think okay I need to to really kind of stop uh, wow. to stop okay. doing this so Okay, I think I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopefully that was a bit educational. But no, it's, no think... it's more because I think people don't see it and people aren't aware. And for a long, a lot of time, you know, unless you, you know, I came across this and I'm, I was obviously very interested in nutrition and health, and I, I found stumble across a lot of research about it. But then, you know, I'm passionate. I love animals, and I always used to consider myself as an animal person. But then it was only until I realised what I was doing because you're just sometimes you're unaware. For years, again, I was eating, you know, dairy, eggs, things like that. And it's only until became I became aware of not only the health problems but also you know the actual ways food actually gets on our plate. Like we can have a say, you know, three meals a day. Okay, what do we want to be consuming? Do we want to be consuming something that's the product of? cruelty or this or do you want to make a bit more of a compassionate choice and um i think the broader idea of you know obviously plant-based living um it's you know you've seen it with the amazon recently being set on fire and this whole idea of you know uh farmers kind of building kind of um burning down loads of forests yeah. to put animals on so that again shows the direct impact we as you know all of us can have on what we choose to eat and what we choose to have and the broader kind of world and the environment uh around us if that makes sense so yeah. that's kind of the way that i always viewed you know my idea of plant-based living but i think going deeper and deeper into specific health problems um you know that's also kind of reinforced um you know my own personal beliefs because i've seen a lot of like i said we can talk more about case studies we can talk more about you know obviously specific illnesses and i can touch on type 2 diabetes and i can tell everyone now it can be reversed so if you are suffering with type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular issues i've got case studies of where you know um you know i've seen it i've seen people ha who had type 2 diabetes and made a lot of the lifestyle the diet changes and you know been completely transformed uh, okay. on that so we can touch on that if you want yeah um, i i think it's nice to have a case study because i think a lot of you know there's, there's a lot of people i mean and i'm so grateful for all of you guys yeah, again you know going. uh that um you've all connected guys and i'm, I'm hoping that you're finding this useful if not, then let us know because yeah. <laughs> uh, remember, this is not um, our live. It's it's the live is there for you guys uh, yeah. to sort of take something away from it. Um, and so, if there's something that we haven't touched on, or you have a question, or you think, okay, actually, um, you know, I'm very passionate about milk, let's say, yeah. and you want to know more about it, then you know, by all means, you know, we're here for another 10, 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, just just let us know because I said. We know what 
you could just keep talking. Yeah, I, I, can, I, I, can said, <laughs> I can waffle. I can waffle. We, we can actually so. do this for three hours, but I said to Alicia, <laughs> we have to like sort of keep it, you know, you know, um, short. Uh, so. Yeah. So again, like, yeah, I'm happy to take any questions because, yeah, I love to, I, questions are always better for me because it keeps me quite focused as well. Because if not, I can just ramble across to like different <laughs> I do that planes. All the time. I'll just okay. sit and keep rambling. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So there's a few other people that have connected. Hi, Vishal. Uh, <laughs> so true. <laughs> Sabi, hi. So useful. Thank you for sharing. Now, thank oh, you. Oh, it's okay. Thank, thank you for, for joining. joining. Yeah, That's, thank you for uh, joining. So, um, so here we are, Jigna, love the description, <laughs> white stuff out of uh, mother, out, out of mother. <laughs> so, yeah, if you haven't, if, you, if people that have joined late, yeah, go back to the live and uh, you'll know what uh, she means by that. <laughs> Andrea agreed with the lifestyle factors. Okay, I think the lifestyle factors is something I do want you to touch up on. Sure. Okay. Um, so the two things I think we need to touch up on is uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Because I know you've got something on your notes as well here. Um, yeah. So lifestyle and longevity. Because I think again, so going back to, um, you know, the idea of our genes and you know how they're influenced and you know a lot of the stuff is you know, the environment and by environment, so you know our food, whatever we eat, obviously goes into our cells that can determine what kind of chemical reactions happen. You know what kind of things happen in our DNA. So you know food we kind of know, but also stress because the other thing is there's no point. You know I can tell you to eat everything possible that's super healthy and you know you're me you're, you're doing the right thing but if you're constantly stressed you're mm -hmm. not going to be it's just going to negate the effect and there's kind of no point doing all that stuff so stress is a huge part as well so managing stress through things like meditation is amazing and I think you know one thing that I would tell a lot of people is that um probably to become more aware of your body and probably you know to start thinking of they don't ignore things so at the moment sometimes we get into this habit of oh i've just got a bit of pain here it's fine you know it's almost as if your body is talking to you because where you have you know symptoms like you know pain or if you are angry or if you're like for us they're all symptoms so anger frustration they're all outward symptoms that isn't the root if that makes sense and here we're going in a little bit deep no that's good story which is is fine but again I think really paying attention to you know your to your mind yeah mind is a huge thing and I can talk about that as well about you know the placebo effect and some of the amazing things that I've read and seen about you know um, mind body healing and things like that but I think you know making sure that we've got time for ourselves and building a really good routine like a morning routine and that's something I really like have to do um because I feel like setting up your day right and making sure that you're you know even po thinking about positive things and being positive in yourself because you know it's almost as if if you go deeper inside ourselves we are how can I put it like we have like cells and then we have all these atoms and we have lots of stuff going on, but essentially everything is held together by our own life force, which is some form of energy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost as if, you know, that's the way acupuncture works. I don't know if you've ever tried acupuncture no, before. Actually, no. Acupuncture in traditional Chinese medicine, they look at, you know, different energy pathways that are in our body. But, you know, I think we all kind of have this universal type of, Okay, I'm going to go even a bit deep here, but talk about no, no. vibrations yeah. and the way that we all connect with each other and connect to the universe almost um, through a different frequency. And again, things like positive, you know, they've been studies even where they've had, you know, I think it was some salt in water and they've left, no, a plant in water, sorry. They had a plant and what they did was they left that plant in a box and they were talking, you know, they put it in a really negative environment. So they had all these kids at school shout at the plant and they were like, you're angry, you're this, you're horrible, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side of the room, they had the same plant, but they didn't do anything to it. But what was interesting after a week was the plant that had constant, you know, all of this kind of bad energy around it, it died. Whereas the other plant that had nothing, had no. nothing. <laughs> which okay. is mind-blowing because that shows the power of actually our own thoughts the way we think the way that we are really can determine you know obviously what goes on inside of us as well so again this is going pretty broader than just nutrition but it's very very dimensional and I think that's what happens when you get into you know um, holistic medicine 
rather than again treating each individual disease because I think the problem with that is that again that's very much symptom management um, rather than getting to roots of things of wow. our own illnesses. That is actually deep. I I don't know guys because uh, I know people are on and uh, joining. <laughs> no one's people. asking any questions but Please do let us know if you found that very deep. I mean, uh, for me, I'm just, okay, that was actually very deep. And it just shows that, um, you know, and I know I do a lot of lives and I, I put up a lot of posts on, on positivity and actually understanding and loving yourself first. Mm. Um, and, and it's okay sometimes to have that fallback. And, you know, like I put a live up three days ago when I had the, that breakdown. And it's nice. It's good. But understand why you've had it. And it's the same thing mm. as... Um, Amisha was saying if you can get to the root cause of it and actually understand why you've had that breakdown it's okay to have a breakdown no mm. one's gonna be happy chappy you know yeah. 24 hours a day um, because we do live in this world where you know everyone has their input uh, so you know it, just understand why something's happening same with your health and same with you know if, if you've got pain understand the root oh. cause of it before you can treat it right mm. um and I, sheena said something actually which um that was very nice so sheena thank you so much you said great reminder when it is so easy to forget in the busy everyday lifestyle that we have yeah correct i think we forget um yeah we forget our uh what do you call it our purpose right yeah of why we are here mm. and i said that last time is actually be grateful when you wake up in the morning just that you're awake mm. um, because as we wake up unfortunately there are millions of people that don't wake up from their sleep and yeah. you know something on the routine level you know even if you do that every morning mm. and every night I, I was told actually to be grateful three things that you're grateful for say every morning and yeah. say every night before yeah. you go to sleep and the reason for that if you actually are grateful for something at night then when you actually sleep you're, you you've already put yourself in that mindset of actually you're already grateful so you're going to sleep with a positive mindset, mindset yeah and the first thing you're doing in the morning is the same thing so you're setting yourself up with that positive mindset to actually continue on with the day and then i think everything else then falls into place right um yeah no i agree i think when you start building on that and i've, I've noticed meditation is something that's really really great especially at the moment we all leave such busy lives uh everyone is super stressed at the moment there's always so much to do but i think having that time in the morning to really quiet in your mind connect with yourself yeah you know and and kind of um start visualizing something more like something greater than you and i think that's what looks at the spiritual side of where we talked about you know the sort of four pillars to longevity and about living till you're 80 or 90 without a disease because i think where we are at the moment we kind of accept okay once i hit 60 or i retire in 70 oh i'm gonna have bad bones i'm going to you know have blood pressure medication and i'm gonna be you know that's it you know that's just the way it is and i'm here just again my messages today is that it doesn't have to be like that you can actually put in all the groundwork now you know and every single day implement that into your lifestyle to be like actually you know by the time you're 80 you know you could be thriving uh rather than kind of living in a way that i feel like society and people have conditioned us to believe yeah if that makes sense yeah so i think that's why i think nutrition is so powerful um as well as obviously cultivating some really good habits around you know obviously mindset work you know looking at the meditation managing your stress um and you know obviously the other lifestyle thing was sleep sleep again is really really important i know we had a bit of a chat about sleep and yeah. lack of um lack of sleep, yeah <laughs> lack of but you know even getting really good sleep every night and making sure you have a really good sleep routine and getting into deep sleep because that's where your body really starts to regenerate and um and detoxify and digest you know and start almost kind of repairing itself and you know studies have shown like you know if we are sleeping less and less you know now you can never get that back and that's actually linked to higher rates of dementia in the future because obviously you know your brain also needs to repair and your mind you know i think you may have noticed after you know having a few nights of bad sleep uh, and then going to work in the morning, you'll feel like, well, I personally have done that and I feel like a zombie. And my brain, you know, I'll get brain fog and I feel tired. And, you know, there's so many, you know, you want to crave, you start craving worse foods as well because, you know, you start craving all the sugary stuff and, you know, you're not making the best choices for yourself because you've slept poorly 
uh, and you're not refreshed and centered and grounded in yourself. Yeah, I do that. So, right. So I think, yeah, yeah. you know, sleep is really, really the most optimal time is to get yourself into bed by 10, okay. uh, which may be quite early for a lot of you guys. But, you know, I actually can't stay awake past 10, That's half 10. That's what time 10. the party starts. <laughs> <laughs> for <Yeah>. me. <laughs> That's when, they fi- that's when they finished eating. Um, okay. Yeah, um, I need to factor that in somehow. <laughs> or try to at least optimise the sleep, or at least make sure that, you know, little things like not watching TV before you sleep, or not sitting on your phone yeah. um, before you go to sleep as well, um, to get all that sort of blue light in and whatever that can disrupt stuff in your brain that, you know, might not make you sleep as, as well. So it's almost making sure you're getting really, really deep quality sleep, and there's lots of different things people can do to optimise that, but I know this this live isn't about no, sleep no, no, so no. we can do another um, live, go, we can, we can do another live. <laughs> we're going to do another live on that so guys if you think we should do a live on sleep then uh please let us know on uh, this live and we'll definitely i'm sure amisha will be grateful to come back and you know and <laughs> talk about, uh, talk about sleep uh, i would definitely like to talk about sleep um so amisha just um what we're going to do is i just want if we can go through uh, just a case study mm-hmm um and then we've just got about maybe five minutes and then we'll open up to just some questions that okay. um our, um, view, our viewers have okay um, i've got a few questions which have been just texted to me so i'll uh, we can go through that if that's okay okay sure yeah so just so... yeah if you can go through one case study just so people can sort of you know i think when you have a case study i think people can sort of then reflect and sort of you know some people connect to it yeah. right um um so okay i will talk about type 2 diabetes because I know obviously the South Asian community that's one thing a lot of people have either got or know someone who has uh, and it's running rampant uh, you know in a lot of my family members as well so um, I'll try and apply it to some of the things that we talked about about getting to the root and really understanding what type 2 diabetes is so um, and this is something really really important and you know for example so we all know that when we want when we eat something um your block your body actually needs glucose so here you know in general i think the media and i think doctors and everyone's painted this really horrible picture of sugar and glucose but actually when you break down molecule any molecule of food to to glucose your body your muscles your brain everything needs that to function so when you eat something insulin which is like a hormone that comes from your pancreas kind of gets released into your blood and the whole point of insulin is to move you know blood move sugar that's in your blood into your cells Mm -hmm. right so so your muscles need it um your brain needs it so at least it can be used by the body and the issue with diabetes is that that whole thing doesn't happen so yes you've got the insulin coming out to type 2 that is type 1 there is no insulin type 2 you've got the insulin but unfortunately you know that's it like it's not moving the sugar into the cells and i think that's something called insulin resistance and that's something really really important to note because i know a lot of doctors do suggest reducing your blood sugar as being the solution um to diabetes but that's all well and good because of course we don't want to be having a lot of the you know the refined carbs and um you know the fizzy drinks all that stuff and it's good to at least reduce that but we're not asking the question why so the symptom again is the sugar doctors will say reduce the sugar which is okay but to actually cure or reverse the disease we need to be asking more of a deeper question which is okay why is the insulin not going into my cells right okay and the why it can be a few other issues but i think the the main issue that i've seen is um you know fat so saturated fat is this thing that blocks and block up our cells and stop insulin from going into them if that makes sense so to be able to actually uh successfully reverse this condition um you know i advise people to again stick to very much a whole food plant-based diet but also you know dairy removing dairy meat eggs anything with you know any kind of animal products because they are completely like they've got so much saturated fat in them that that is something that is obviously blocking a lot of the insulin from getting into ourselves so just by removing those groups and also the big thing especially in the south asian community that a lot of people ask me is about oil yeah 
uh, that is a hundred percent and i would tell anybody and there's some plant-based doctors and i can send some links after this yeah, please do. because there's some amazing that. amazing doctors that have had you know they've reversed heart conditions and that's the thing that i want to focus on yeah. uh, with this case study because oil is very processed um and people talk about olive oil oh is that healthy or is that not healthy and i'd say no oil at all and actually you're better off eating the olive than consuming a highly processed uh oil because again it goes through loads of processing and you've stripped out all the nutrition and all you're left with is pretty much empty calories that are really damaging things like you know your cells and also your arteries and again that links very much with type 2 diabetes because again with plaques in arteries i've seen cases where plaques have been completely reversed so you know where people have these um kind of plaques of cholesterol that kind of build up in people in arteries okay all right so uh, that's something to do with that which we could okay. talk about which is to do with heart disease but focusing specifically on diabetes so again we want to be removing a lot of these you know sort of animal products um to be able to actually move insulin uh, move glucose into ourselves right um and that would actually you know and i've seen a case of where that's happened before because there was a client of of ours um and he was 50 and he needed a surgeon said to him that he needed a triple heart bypass because two of his arteries are again completely blocked um uh but with cholesterol we can talk about cholesterol as well which is a whole other thing but they're completely blocked and at the time doctors just said to him the only solution for you is to um is to have surgery and at the time he didn't actually want to so he came to speak to us and he said look i these you know um the doctors are saying this and he was taking aspirin he was taking statins he was taking metformin so he was taking a whole concoction of medication and he was just saying, look, is there anything more I can do? Because obviously I need some extra help. Like what more can I do? So we actually encouraged him, got him a really good plan. Um, again, you know, talked about not having any oil in his foods, removing again, meat, dairy, eggs, um, and um, not cooking with oil. I think I said that. Yeah. Um, and also again, implementing all these kind of different plant-based foods, which I can touch on afterwards. Um, and he successfully it took him about six months but when the, and doctors he lost a whole load of weight and he the doctors actually were shocked and uh, the fact that you know he'd actually managed to successfully actually not only you know get rid of the symptom and get rid of his medication but the plaques in his arteries like left so blood flow could actually start blood could oh, actually start going to his heart and he no longer needed surgery and now he's doing pilates and he's doing yoga and he's just loving life and he was in his sort of mid mid 50s i think mid to late 50s where he thought okay it was kind of normal for this to happen because it's happened to all my friends but At that he, age, right? he yeah. took a very much a different approach and he's thriving and you see him now and he's absolutely thriving and it's a bit of journey i think even for him because you know his wife he was saying his wife had to cook you know new and new things and i think it was almost like unlearning the stuff that we thought was healthy for us and kind of reintroducing you know sort of new beliefs about food yeah. and obviously a new way of, of living and cooking but it was just amazing to see like you know after a year that he managed to no longer need any of his medication not just one and now he's just living disease free heart disease free um just by simply implementing a few of the things that we talked about so wow okay wow i think i need to stop eating uh, wedding indian food right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, i think that's like my yeah. whole year's worth of oil in there <laughs> yeah or i've been to some weddings and you're like hold the oil and you're like pouring yeah, like, out. where's hard. the actual food um but... yeah i mean or i feel like you know and i understand that you know in life everyone's got different jobs and it's not always easy sometimes to be able to fuel yourself but then you know it might be a case of you taking a packed lunch to your weddings yeah, so sometimes or you know so. some things like that where there's always ways around it and unfortunately i think you know it, it may require a bit of planning but i think when you notice how good you feel and i think that's the other thing because you know eating you know predominantly plant-based like you know i felt i feel i can't imagine myself eating the foods that i used to eat mm -hmm. because i am i've become hypersensitive now to okay i'm gonna eat like even a vegan pizza which is obviously not always healthy but you know i notice actually the next day i don't feel good after i eat this now because you know you're you're more mindful i think about what you eat and you've also noticed a change in you know i noticed change in my performance at the gym and my recovery and my overall energy and now i think okay you know maybe uh 
it's something that I, I you know, perhaps I might not want to eat. Yeah, yeah, so no, you notice the change. Tyler is, yeah, it, I think I think what people they give up so quickly because uh, they yes. don't see the benefits straight away. In actual fact, I think you're already benefiting from it. Yeah. Because you don't see the uh, results, you know, in a week, um, mm. I think a lot of people realise that, okay, actually, this is not for me. And, and they time in order for you can see results. So, you know, yeah, yeah, anyone anything... that's deciding to thinking of going vegan, like, give it a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and if you and if you do go vegan, and and because of this live, then <laughs> yeah. let us know because uh, it'll be nice to know that you know you actually changed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you thought it was Amisha good. Has and, an influence here. Yeah, she's telling us all these stories. <laughs> these stories and help. But then I think actually going talking about you know obviously we talked about dairy and we talked about vegan life, but I think it's important to also make. Uh, a big sort of differentiation between vegan food and a whole food plant-based diet because you know I can sit here eating waffles beans and um, vegan Ben and Jerry's and still be vegan but I'm not eating healthfully at all if that makes sense yes so that stuff is all still very processed and it's still got your you know stuff in there like sugar and all that kind of stuff it's all vegan but that isn't healthy right so you know that's why i wanted to really focus on whole food plant-based nutrition which is again eating you know fruits and again going actually going back to diabetes um i know a lot of people do may have this question about whether i can eat fruit as a diabetic because of the whole blood sugar thing because a lot of people do ask me and think oh fruit safe and I'd actually say fruit is 100% fine to eat as a diabetic um, because you're consuming the whole food so you've got fiber and you've got then that will slow your your blood sugar down that's being kind oh, of right, released okay. yeah um, the issue is when you're juicing fruit because you're stripping the fiber away and that will be a bit havocy with your blood sugar so I'd recommend you know any fruit is fine like my friend is a type 1 diabetic and she's a fruitarian so she would just eat fruit and her blood results are completely fine and she just wow. eats fruit so you know it's fruit there is no problem with fruits and vegetables and I know contrary to what the NHS says and contrary to what a lot of people think about you know fruit and the sugar I think that's that's not true okay. so I will dispel that myth here no thank you for that so right guys we just got for about five minutes left and we're going to just answer some questions we've had a few questions come in so uh let's see what we've got and thank you guys um a lot of people have connected kiran dipti hello jessica sharam how are you oh, <laughs> ram said he's gonna join because he wants to oh. see you so we uh, had a chat last time i think I saw him so ram too. yeah hi ram so uh vishal's got a question what is your morning routine <laughs> How does this set you for the day? Well, as, as a lot of people around me know, I am a bit of a grandma when it comes to sleep because I like to have make sure I get enough sleep. Um, so I tend to sleep early at around 10, half past 10. Um, and I like to wake up at around 6. Um, and, you know, a habit that, you know, I realised I was doing too much of and I was telling loads of people not to do, but I, I felt like I was victim of doing it myself, was being on my phone too much. Um, and you know, now I've made a massive conscious effort. So no checking phones in the morning. So waking up, don't check phone for the first hour, you know, make sure I get a meditation in the morning. Um, have I start my day with, um, I squeeze some lemon and put some hot water in a mug and I drink that. And I recommend that for everybody because it's a nice way to start your morning and to almost give your digestive system and your liver a really good cleanse. Um, and then do a bit of a meditation and then kind of just start your day. So um, I try and do a bit of exercise where I can, but now I think when my schedule's changing a little bit, my exercise is happening later in the day, but it's always good to stretch and move um, and actually start your day without your phone. And I think that played um, that plays a massive part into, I think, how your day starts and also even with things like anxiety or feeling stressed because I found that sometimes I have a million and one things on the go. And, you know, I think starting your day with, okay, social media, emails, WhatsApps, you know, already when you start your day in overwhelm, the rest of your day becomes overwhelmed because you're almost not grounding yourself and focusing on, okay, what things do I need to do today? Um, in, uh, rather than kind of going in very reactively and checking bones and starting your day in a little bit of a, yeah. a mental pickle. 
Um, so I think morning routine is really, really important. And to be fair, I start making my lunch for the day in the morning and I start and then I have a green smoothie in the morning, which okay. I can share. So, OK, yeah, okay. please do share that because it'll be nice uh, yeah. for people to connect back on this live and see what you do as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so Sheena, love the plant story. I, lo I love that plant story. That's going <laughs> to stick with me now. It is so. Uh, so, yeah. Don't hang around with negative people, basically, right? Negative people and that frequency self-talk as well. Yeah. Self-talk as well. Because like... all you will know is that frequency, and you will not move out. Uh, <laughs> so, Hiran, I found out that your body can go longer without food than ah, sleep. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Hiran, again, having three little kids, I can <laughs> truly vouch for that fact. Okay. And. <laughs> hi, well oh. done, Amisha. Oh, oh hi. <laughs> Hashtag go vegan, peeps. Okay, amazing. Oh, another person. Yeah. So, hi, Dejul Rajan. Hello, uh, Anil. What's up, mate? Alpha. Mamta. Hi, Mamta. How are you? Um, <laughs> it's nice for you guys to join. Oh. Uh, we just had one other question that came in before we close this live. Um, we have had a question. Let me just get it from Prina and she wanted to ask about the keto diet okay. and also intermittent fasting uh, both are very popular now but she's asking what are your views and on the keto diet is it recommended for vegetarians okay keto diet so if you to explain what the keto diet is so that diet involves eating a whole lot of fat and very low carb. So it's based on the fact of, okay, we need to eat all these fats. And there's a few random studies on that that have shown, okay, for epilepsy, it's helpful. And for, at the moment, I think a lot of people are doing it for weight loss. And I have a huge problem with the keto diet because the science behind it is all wrong. So although ingesting all of this fat, all of this kind of fat in the short term will help you, yes, lose the weight if it's a very short term goal and improve your insulin sensitivity. But the problem with that is that you're not, you don't know for cardiovascular health. So things like the health of your arteries, the thing for your long term health, you know, it's actually very dangerous. And, um, you know, it's almost like the typical diet for you know, even a vegetarian ketogenic diet or a normal ketogenic diet again is eating lots of meat eating again lots of you know cheese things that are high in fat and the danger of like i said doing that is what it's doing to your arteries and unfortunately you're never going to know that until the day you have a heart attack or a stroke because unfortunately you can't feel your arteries you can't you know it's not like you can go to a doctor and be like oh can you see what's if in there right yeah um and that is what really scares me about the ketogenic diet and you know i feel like the, a whole food plant-based diet is the best diet for longevity for disease prevention and even um you know even for weight loss okay. because you can lose that amount of weight you can lose weight on eating you know uh, a plant-based diet as well um and again that went going back to the case study that i i shared with the um the man who had type 2 diabetes and a triple uh, heart bypass yeah. uh, he lost so much weight by just again removing the fat right. uh removing those kind of fats so i would um, and I think the other problem is that even though the keto diet get keto diet would um, temporarily improve your insulin sensitivity, the issue is when you want to reintroduce those carbs back. So you're starving yourself for say like 12 weeks going on this keto diet, and then cutting out things like carbs but then the problem is when you want to reintroduce them back in you can actually get type 2 diabetes because your body doesn't know how to handle any type of of um sugar right because okay. your body has been starved of sugar and stuff for so long um and, th and that's that's when it can become a problem right. so yes there's been a few studies but i'm totally against that and it actually generally it does scare me like a lot so um just that um intermittent fasting um that's really helpful i think intermittent fasting so again having a you know a limited eating window has been shown to be really helpful especially for things like diabetes so perhaps um you know i wouldn't suggest fasting through the day for example um because i think your brain again needs glucose that like you need to when you're at work or when you're doing things you know it's good to have that energy but perhaps the idea of cutting your eating window and having your dinner at say like six or seven right. and having sort of a 16 hour fast and breaking your fast say at 10 a.m. the next morning, morning yeah. has been shown to be really helpful. Okay. So definitely I'd uh, encourage that. 
okay. it's better for your digestion and your gut health and a lot of things so so I hope uh, that answered your question, Karina. I know you're not online at the moment, but yeah, uh, you know, let us know if you found that useful. Uh, it's nice to see family uh, I know. join. <laughs> Sangeeta, hello, Niraj. Hi. So uh, thank you so much, guys, you know, for uh, sort of joining me on this live and joining me and Amisha on this live, actually. Yeah. Um, once again, again, you know, as I said, this live is for you guys. It's, it's something that I'm hoping that you guys will share. You know, it's all well and good for the hands up right now um but you know the, the more powerful what is, is the sharing you know um because i think sharing is the power tool here in terms of it you might not think that this live has touched you um however you know there are so many other people that might actually benefit from it and and people that will actually think actually we didn't know this and you know even if they i'm not saying change and go vegan but someone else might find it a lot more powerful than than myself let's just say so um definitely share this live and i will um send and attach any links that amisha sends me yeah. amisha's also been tagged into this guys right so if you feel like you know you're suffering from something and you want some advice or you want to have a consultation with um amisha then yeah you know by all means reach out to Amisha you don't have to reach out to me uh you can reach out to Amisha directly and I'm sure you know she can sort of advise or help you or guide you to the right place um yeah and I will definitely have upload this on YouTube on the channel so you know anyone that doesn't have Facebook uh by all means you know share the YouTube channel um whether it's by whatsapp or social media and I'm sure you guys just by sharing will help so many people um so any final words i would say amisha um no but just i know we covered a lot of ground we have covered, went, we've covered quite, we've a, covered bit, actually, quite yeah. a lot and we've gone to different realms i feel like we've evolved <laughs> i think broader than nutrition and we've touched a lot of random stuff in, in the whole holistic wellness and um, health space but you know please do reach out if anyone's got any questions on any kind of you know illnesses concerns on or any questions on anything that i've said um, because I know I've been rambling a lot on um, a lot of different topics, but any um, questions on that, any kind of concerns, any more advice, and I'll definitely post, you know, some links to some really, really good resources where you guys can go kind of check out, you know, what sample kind of foods to eat, what things are really, really helpful, what things you could incorporate into your day and your lunch boxes and things like that, that, you know, that can really, really help. But yeah, if there's any other questions, please do get in touch because I love to say, I would love to be able to help um as many of you guys as possible so so thank you so much guys i mean we've just gone over an hour and we try to keep it short and sweet but cover as much as possible so from you guys all i want to know is you know are you finding these lives useful um is there anything that you want me to do a live on i'm sure there are many people that you know will actually want to do a live um so you let us know and you know as i said this live all these lives that i'm doing um especially recently are all because of you guys it's people reaching out saying i want to do a live on this or um some people reaching out saying uh is there anyone where you could do a live on this so you know we've got a cancer patient soon and i will definitely we're just trying to work out a date um and it's a, a cancer survivor should i say sorry and i'm so truly looking forward to actually doing a live with her because it's something where a lot of people don't know her story and she's finally coming out and actually want to go live which to me that's amazing especially going live on an amazing uh, uh, such a huge platform such as facebook so i will definitely keep you um updated with the date and she will be tagged in soon as well but look guys thank you very much for joining especially on a sunday morning when you can be watching your box sets and well, the weather's really nice outside yeah, as well and recording so, yeah. and the weather's so lovely but you know you guys have actually joined us live and especially yeah. thank you to some of the family members you know we've got a lot of family Gartik's just joined Pratik, hello Dushar. <laughs> um but yeah please do share guys let us know on this live if you want anything else covered uh amisha's been tagged in and amisha thank you very much it's okay thank you for having me it's thank been you amazing for having me. um so yeah thank you guys enjoy <laughs> have a lovely lovely weekend rest of the weekend take care see you later bye